Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you would like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do so online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. Again, good morning, everyone. We're in a series, Hall of Fame, we're going to be jumping into today. But before I get started, I want to welcome those of you who join us online, wherever you're tuning in today. Thanks for watching with us. And I just, I have a confession to make that I, I just need y'all to pray for me. Uh, th- this Cavs loss has been really hard for me to get over. Uh, if, you, if, you just, if you didn't see it, you, you just won't understand. And I would say ignorance is bliss when it comes to game one of that series. Uh, but I, I was, I've never been so close to losing uh, my salvation and, and eternal reward. Uh, and, and if I could have jumped through my TV to punch an opposing player, I would have done that. That's how angry I was. And so just pray for me tonight uh, for game two that I will, uh, you know, be led of the Holy Spirit and get myself in check, but uh, pray for the Cavs, okay? We pray for the Cavs. I challenged our church to pray when they were down 3-0 and LeBron won four straight, so come on church, let's pray. Let's keep LeBron in Cleveland and uh, let's, let's make this happen. All right, all right. All right. Anyways, moving along. Uh, the theme verse for our series is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, and if ever there's a therefore, you always have to ask, what is it? Therefore, and uh, he's referencing chapter 11, and he talks about this crowd of witnesses, uh, and he lists them out in chapter 11 that are surrounding us, that are cheering us on, so he encourages uh, us to strip off everything that would hold us back from pursuing this plan that God has for our lives and, and to cast off stuff that would trip us up. And he says, run with endurance the race that God has before you, that you focus your eyes on Jesus, but be encouraged to know that in the stands around you are the heroes of our faith who are cheering us on. And, la- and we talked about just how that encourages me. Hopefully it encourages you to know that some of the heroes that have gone before us, that their lives really made a difference, that, that they are there saying, you can do this. And, and they're, they're speaking from experience, right? We listen to those who have done what we're trying to do, and they have made it. They finished the race strong, and they encourage us to do the same as well. And so in this series, we're saying, what if we could pull some of them out of the stands and have a conversation with them? If we could interview them one-on-one as a Hall of Fame interview to say, hey, let's walk through your journey and what landed you in the Hall of Fame. What would they say to us? And we looked at Noah and then as Pastor Ryan did such a great job with Abraham last week and today we're going to jump into the story of Joseph. And if you don't know who Joseph was, Joseph was the 10th son of Jacob. He was the grandson of Abraham. So uh, Ryan talked about Abraham last week. So Abraham was Joseph's papa. All right. Anybody else call their grandpa papa? That was where I come from. If you're a hillbilly, you call your grandpa papa. And so uh, Abraham was Jacob's papa. And uh, Jacob uh, was, uh, Joseph was Jacob's favorite son. The Bible is clear in Genesis. About half of the book of Genesis is dedicated to Joseph's story. And he says that he was the favorite. He was spoiled. His dad got him gifts. I, I, you know, said it was a coat of many colors, a robe of many. You know, I don't know if I'd be too happy with a, you know, multicolor coat uh, from my father. But hey, Joseph was cool with it. He liked it. His brothers got jealous of it. Uh, and so he had this strained relationship with his brothers because he was the runt of the family. And he was spoiled by his dad, and he has all these problems. And then God gives Joseph 
two dreams, and they're God-given dreams to Joseph. It gives him a glimpse of his future, uh, and it showed in his dreams that his brothers would be bowing down to him, that he would rule over his family and be in a position of power, and he goes and tells his brothers that. How many of you know when you're the spoiled little brother, you don't go tell your big brothers that they're going to bow down to you, right? Mistake by Joseph. Wasn't a smart thing to do. His brothers get even more angry at him than they already are. They plot to kill him. Then they end up selling him into slavery. Uh, He is bought by Potiphar as a slave. And it says that God continues to be with him though, that he gives him favor as as in Potiphar's house. He's promoted to oversee the entire household. And Potiphar's wife then tries to seduce Joseph and he denies her. He gets wrongly accused of rape and thrown into prison. How many of you know it's not a good day, right? Not a good day. So now he went from being a slave to a prisoner, but he's in the prison. God's with him, and he gets put in charge of other prisoners. He's elevated in leadership. Two of the guys that worked for Pharaoh are end up thrown into prison. Joseph has this God-given ability to interpret some dreams that they had, and uh, when he, he predicted what he said would happen to them came true, and when he comes uh, a few years later, the, the Pharaoh is having these dreams, and he needs help interpreting them. They remember that Joseph could do that, and so he comes to Pharaoh, he gets summoned, he interprets Pharaoh's dream correctly, and he predicts seven years of abundance followed by seven years of famine. He was right once again, and so he gets promoted to second in charge of all of Egypt. And at some point in the famine, his brothers need food. They're running out of food. And so Joseph's dreams comes to pass. His brothers come. They don't know that it's him. They beg him for food. Joseph knows who they are right away, but he doesn't reveal his identity to them. He messes with them a little bit. How many of you know it's okay to mess with people every now and then? I mess with my kids all the time. It's, it's biblical. Uh, Joseph messes with them. He, he kind of, you know, he doesn't, you know, forgive right away. I mean, he does. He could have just killed them and been done with them. Uh, but he ends up forgiving them and takes care of them and his family, and they're kind of reunited, and that's his story. And I just gave you the, the life of Joseph, about half the book of Genesis in three minutes, so uh, you're welcome. But go read it for yourself sometime. The story of Joseph is it's one of my favorites. And so today we're going to sit down with Joseph, and now knowing kind of the context of his situation and his life and the story that he had, uh, I think there's something that we can learn. And I feel like today's message is for everyone who may be ready to throw in the towel on your dream that you're ready to quit, that God spoke to you, you felt like things were going to happen, life has not gone the way that you thought it would, and I feel like today God's going to speak to you. And uh, so I think if, if the one thing Joseph could tell us, and, and kind of the main truth that we could pull from his life, I believe it would be this. I think Joseph would say, God has a purpose for your life. you got to know that, that God has a purpose for your life, that he created you, uh, he knows you for the, from the beginning to the end, he knows your life, he knows your story, he's got a plan, and nothing can stop that plan except you unless you give up unless you throw in the towel in your life and so today I think we're going to be encouraged to know what it takes to have the endurance to see God's plan to see God's dream for your life come to pass like it did for Joseph how many of you would say that you don't raise your hands but you would say I have a dream for my life I have a vision of God for my life and what God wants to do through me and the, and the plan that he has. And I, I see what God has for me in my marriage. I see what he has for my family. I see what he has for my career. I see what he has for using my abilities to make a difference for his kingdom and for the world and to help others. And I would tell you that if you don't have that, you got to have that. You have to ask yourself, what is my why, 
right? Like what gets you out of bed in the morning? And if you say the American dream, I'll just tell you that dream does not have enough fuel to get you through the trying times, right? The American dream just says get you a good job, make some money, get you the house in the neighborhood that you want in the right school district, get your kids in the right school, get them in traveling sports, give them all the success that they could ever have, you know, do all these things, get them into college, keep getting promoted at work, keep getting all that money, keep stockpiling for yourself, and then someday you'll get to retire and maybe you'll just get to enjoy yourself a little bit, but until then, you just keep working, burn at both ends, do that right. The American dream is not God's dream, okay? Because that dream will burn you out and it will leave you high and dry because that does not fulfill your life. Money does not fulfill, success doesn't fulfill your life. Knowing your why, why you were created, why God has a plan for you, what he wants to do through your life is the dream that you need to find. Every company that that succeeds has a vision statement. They have a vision that says, this is what drives us. This is our why. This is why we do what we do. And you need to have that for your life. And if you don't have it, it doesn't matter how old you are, I would say you need to go on a journey of discovery and adventure, if you will, to find what that is. What gets you out of bed? Maybe you're in retirement. Maybe you're kind of winding down and you feel like the plan is landing. Well, what is it? God still has purpose for you. There's a purpose in every season and you need to know what that is. And you go, well, how would I know if my dreams from God are just myself and, and if my ambitions are right or whatever? I would say this, if, if your dream is rooted in pride and self-accomplishment and just trying to get rich, it's probably not from God. That's probably not his dream for you because he has more for you than that. And God wants to use your life for his glory. We say it all the time, your story for his glory. He wants to use you to make him famous, not yourself. And so what is your dream? What is your why? In Genesis 37, we see what Joseph's why is. In his dream that he has, it says that one night Joseph had a dream. When he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. They already hated him. Now they hate him even more. Telling him, hey, you're going to bow down to me. Again, not the wisest thing. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up. Your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you're going to be our king? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I haven't had another dream. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well, to his brothers, but his father scolded him. He said, what kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? right? So we learned from Joseph. He had a dream from God. There was no doubt. But I would say this, if Joseph could talk to us today, he would say, communicate your dream cautiously. (laughs) Be careful. Don't just go blurting it out. I made a mistake in that I just went right away and rushed into it and started telling them, not knowing how long it was going to take for that dream to come to pass. And so I would tell you today, man, once you know that God's giving you a dream, the first thing you need to do is pray about it. God speaks to you, just begin to pray about it. Sit on it for a little while. Begin to process it. That means you you start looking into what it would actually take to accomplish your dream. Well, God's calling me to start a business. Well, what would it take to start the business? What about your family? How would this play out? Then you need to then talk about it with some people who have done what you're trying to do. Get wise counsel. Say, hey, how does this work? How did this play out in your family? What did this look like in your life? Talk to people that you trust, that are God-fearing people, that will give you good counsel, but also an unbiased and unfiltered opinion. You need to hear the truth. 
You need to hear it as it is. And so once you get that, you need to process and get through it. It was very similar to me when God began to speak to me about Adventure Church. Jess and I were living in Oklahoma at the time. And God kept me up for three nights in a row, began to speak to me about this. I wanted to go to sleep. I was tired of hearing from God. I said, God, I'm done. I just want to go to bed. I literally bought our web address, our domain name at 3 a.m. off of GoDaddy, right? That's what was happening. God was giving me all these ideas and the vision statement, everything that really guides us to this day, God was speaking to me. But you know what I did? I didn't tell Jess right away. Well, one, because she probably would have said, no way. Uh, but, but I just said, you know what? I'm going to pray about this. I got to figure out, I got to make sure this is from God, that God's you know, wants me to do this. And this is really what he wants is for us to move and uproot our lives and plan a church again and, and to be a part of this process. And, and so I processed it. I started looking into, hey, what would it cost for me to have health insurance? If I quit my job here to start one somewhere else, what's health insurance going to cost me? Where am I going to live? How much is rent? All of those things, you begin to process what God's doing. And then I began to talk to people. Talk to people, part of our network, that are planning churches and saying, hey, is this even possible? Do you think the time's right? And began to walk that through. We have to do that. And once you get that and you go, this is it. And I was, I was convinced that this was it. I prayed it through. I processed it. I brought in others. I talked to Jess. We both went through it, prayed and fasted and said, yes, we're going to do this. Once I got that conviction, nothing was going to stop me. I told the network that we partner with, I said, listen, I want to partner with you. I want to plant this church with you. But if you say no, I'm still going to do it anyway. Because God told me to do this. This isn't about you. I love you and I want to partner with you. But this is what God has told me to do. And so with or without you, this is what I'm going to do. And when you get that conviction in your heart, you have to be prepared for rejection. And don't get derailed by rejection. I think Joseph would say that. Don't allow others' rejection to derail you from the dream that God has given you for your life. Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. People won't get it. They won't understand it. Nice, well-meaning, good-intentioned people will say, you're clueless. You don't know what to do. Think about Joseph's father. He was his favorite. And he said, what are you thinking? Now, his dream was a little far-fetched and crazy, but a lot of times it is. He said, what were you thinking? So sometimes those closest to you will be least supportive of you because they just don't get it. They have ulterior motives. They're trying to protect you. They think they know what's best for you. And parents, I would say this for you today. At some point, your child is going to come to you and say, this is what I feel like I want to do. Now, you need to, as a, as a parent, say, you need to, are you, have you prayed about it? Do you feel like this is from the Lord? Can we process this together? Can we get counsel together? Can we do, are you sure this is the college? Are you sure this is the career? And once you do these things, you process with them, they pray through it, your job is then to, to be as supportive as you can. And to say, you know what, go get your dreams, kid. Go live your dreams. I pray all the time, God, prepare my heart right now for what you want to do in my kid's life. Because if they come to me and say, I want to move to another country to be a missionary and to do God's work somewhere else, I'm going to be like, ah, what about Christmas? What about, you won't be here for my birthday or Father's Day, you're going to be there. Like, that's how I would feel, right? But I go, God, it's not about me, it's about them and the purpose you have for their life. And so walk your kids through that, be with them, make sure they're making good decisions, and then be supportive of the dream that God has. And I would say this, if you are getting rejected, you're in good company. Even Jesus was. Listen to, in Mark chapter 6, it said, then they scoffed at Jesus. Isn't he just a carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, they're naming all of his siblings. Like I'm, I've seen these kids run around the neighborhood for a long time. Isn't he just one of the kids from the neighborhood? His sisters still live here, and they were deeply offended and refused to believe in Jesus. Then he told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown. And I appreciate all of you here in my hometown who've embraced me as your pastor. But 
but he said among his relatives, his own family, and because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except place his hands on a few people and heal some of them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Even Jesus and the ministry he had and the miracles he was performing, those in his hometown said, he's just that kid. That's what Joseph was facing as well. So today I would tell you, don't allow anything to derail you from the dream that God has for your life. And then once you step into this, once you say, man, this is what I'm going to go for, I think Joseph would say this to you. First of all, be patient. You got to learn patience. And, and he says that his brother saw him coming off that they, they uh, in Genesis 37, it said, come on, let's kill him. Let's sell him into slavery. Let's see what becomes of this dreamer's life, right? And, and this was just the beginning of Joseph's problems, as I've already shared his story with you, right? First, he was in the pit. Then he was in the prison. Then he finally got to the place of the palace where he was in charge, right? He had to go through all of these difficulties at first. And it took 13 years to see his dream fulfilled. 13 years, a long time to get started in what you feel like God's calling is for your life. And, and I don't know about you, but, but this is always a challenge for me because I'm a get to A to B person as fast as possible, right? I just want to get to the destination as soon as I can, as fast as I can. You can ask my, my kids about the road trips that we go on, right? It's like my kids, like I'm teaching them, like if you ever have to have a major surgery, that's what it's like going on a road trip at our house, right? You stop eating at 6 p.m. the night before. You have no food or water for the next 12 hours. And then when we wake up at 6 a.m. and we get on the road, you know, you get to snack on some Cheez-Its for a little bit. We, we ration your water. You're going to be dehydrated, but don't worry. Dad's looked into it. I know how to get you rehydrated. As soon as we get there, we'll be ready to go and hit the ground running, right? I just want to get from A to B as fast as possible. But how many of you know that's not how it works with God? <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. One, because he knows the whole thing, right? He already knows the beginning from the end. And God is way more concerned about the journey than he is the destination. He's more concerned about what he's doing in your life and the relationship you have with him and and the fellowship you have and what he's doing and how he's shaping you and developing you and getting you ready for the destination. I have a friend who went to Austin, Texas a few weeks ago, and uh, he was telling me about that he waited in line a few hours to get barbecue at this like world-famous barbecue place in Austin. He, he like did all this homework before he went and found all these places and was like, all right, if this line is too long, then we're going to go to this one, and was prepared. Listen, he was ready to wait four hours in line to have a barbecue for lunch to have a sandwich, right? And, and he's, he's all into barbecue, and it's, just, it's his thing. And he said, well, listen, if, if, it's, if, if it's prepared right, it's way worth it. And how many of you know that, that barbecue, right, like they, that's prepared well if it like marinates for like 85 years. It's like, all right, it's marinated 85 years, you know, soaked now, it's, in the, it's been in the crock pot, right? And that's what we like. You know, I like to get things fast, but if you want things to be good, right, some of you, how many of you know certain foods are better through a crock pot and not a microwave? But we want to microwave our dreams, I want to microwave it. Just get here as fast as I can. And sometimes we do that. We stop at Arby's and we get their barbecue. And it's not nearly as good as if it would have been waited and prepared the right way. And so in your life, listen, don't try to microwave your dream. When you get in the pit, you try to microwave it. When you get thrown in prison, microwave it. Get me through this as fast as I can, God. I just want to get out of this situation. I want to get to where you're calling me. And I'm just telling you today, if you're in the pit, it's okay. There's purpose in the pit. If you're in the prison and you just seem like you're chained up and bound up and you've been stalled out and you're not moving forward in the plan that God has for your life, for your business, for your marriage, for your family, and you feel stuck, I would say this, it's okay, there's purpose when you feel like you're in prison. That every spot along Joseph's way, God continued to do the right thing. And if you want to get through it, 
If you want to get it through it as fast as possible, you got to change the way you're praying. Don't say, God, get me through this. God, get me out of this. You say this, God, what do you want me to learn? What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to do in my life? What are you preparing me for? And the quicker you learn what God's trying to teach you, the faster you'll get through it. It's the way it works. God's concerned about the journey, not the destination. So I would tell you, don't delay the lesson God wants you to learn. Don't delay it. Don't push it off. Allow God to do what he needs to do in you, and you'll get through it. I think Joseph said, be patient. Then I would say this. He goes, you got to see the big picture. you got to zoom out of your problems. You see, the problem is, is when you go through a difficult time, it is right in your face. It's hard to see past it. It's hard to see over it. It's hard to get around it. And he says, look, you got to see the big picture. When I was in the pit, I was holding on to my dream. I knew God spoke to me. I knew that he was going to do it. I knew that he was with me. When I was in prison, the same thing. I just kept focused on God. I knew that he was going to do something, so I kept a good attitude. And when I did that and I stayed focused on God and I didn't get caught up in my problems, God continued to be with me and bless me. Look at what it says in Genesis 39, verses 2, and then in verse 21. It says, the Lord was with Joseph and blessed him greatly as he served as a slave in the home of his master. Verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph there too in prison and he granted Joseph favor with the chief jailer. You see, perspective is what keeps you encouraged in the midst of your problems. And sometimes we gotta intentionally zoom out and get focused on not what's in front of us but what's happening around us and what God is doing and how he is working behind the scenes. You see, God's favor doesn't always look like what we think it will. Joseph was in, the, it was in prison it says God was giving him favor. Uh, I, don't have, I, w- I don't know that I would find much favor in being in prison for being falsely accused of doing something you didn't do. His brother sell him into slavery and he's serving in the master's house. And it says he continued to keep a good attitude. He continued to serve God. He continued to do that and God was faithful and blessed him and gave him favor and continued to bring promotion even when he was in a place he didn't want to be. You see, and God often shows up in subtle ways in our lives. And if you don't have perspective, you'll never see him. They're very subtle ways. I missed God. He was there and I didn't even see him because I was so focused on me. I was so focused on my problem that I didn't even see God and what he was doing in my life. I didn't even see it and it took me getting way out of it and I had to look back in hindsight and look and see, yes, God was there with me. God was working and I didn't even take the time to see it. And I'm just telling you, God isn't going to show up with this, it's okay, I'm with you, you know, it's all good, just trust me. It, It just doesn't happen like that. Right, It's subtle ways where, where there's a friend that, that gives you a call from out of nowhere and, 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 and encourages you and says, hey, I just wanted you to know that God put you on my heart and I'm praying for you. That was God saying, I'm here. right? And you, you could just go, oh, well, I'm glad you're praying for me. I'm glad someone's praying for me because my life is terrible. Right? That's how we can think and how we can be. So we got to look for God in the subtle ways. And scripture says when you look for him, you'll find him. But if you don't look for him, if you never zoom out and get a broader perspective, you'll never see him. I think Joseph would say, you got to zoom out today. Get a big picture mindset. God's always working. He's moving behind the scenes of your lives. I think Joseph would also say that character matters. Character matters in your life. Character matters. What you do when no one's looking, when no one will find out, it matters. In in chapter 39, verses 7 through 8, again, Joseph was working in Potiphar's house. He was was in charge of the whole household. And it says that Potiphar's wife began to desire him and invited him to sleep with her. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I ever do such a wicked thing? 
it would be a great sin against God. You see, Joseph had integrity that even when he could have got away with it, even when no one would have known, he did the right thing. He stayed true to the dream that he had. And I would say it's because this, the dream within him was greater than the temptation around him. And I think Joseph would say that to you today, man, when you get a conviction from God, when he speaks to your life, man, you gotta keep fueling that thing because temptation will come. Opportunity to to derail from that. And I think Satan will do all that he can to derail you from God's plan and his purpose. And you have to learn how to stand against temptation. There will be temptation that isn't even wrong or sinful. When you go, I know God has called me to do this. And that promotion comes with a big price tag on it. And you have to say no. Because God isn't calling me just to make money. He's called me to be faithful to what he's asked me to do. And that promotion would be great and the money would be great, but it's not from God. We have people on this staff who have walked away from thousands of dollars a year to fulfill the plan and dream that God has for their life. Willing to say no to the big check, willing to say no. It's the subtle ways where you go, I have character, I'm gonna stay true to God, I'm gonna stay true to what he's called me to do. And you see those character flaws, those little cracks can make a big difference. It's, the, it's not the big affairs necessarily like Joseph stood against, it's just the small little things in your life. How many of you ever got a crack in your window before, right? Like a rock flies up and you get that little crack, and you're like, oh, it's not a big crack. And then, you know, about six weeks later, you're like, man, does that crack growing or what? And eventually it spreads throughout the whole window to where then it has to be replaced. And you see, that's what small little character flaws will do. It's the subtle things. that when no one's looking, you could get away with it. No one would ever know except God. He always knows. And he says character matters. I think Joseph would say it's standing against temptation. The dream within you has to be greater than temptation around you. Temptation will come. The enemy will try to derail you. He'll throw everything he can at you. Things disguised as good opportunities. Things disguised as God opportunities in your life. And you've got to stay true to what he's called you to do. You see, talent will always get you in the door, but it's character that will keep you there. People will see talent. And they'll give it to you, they'll give you opportunity, but it's character. What you do with that talent, what you do with that favor, what you do with the blessing of God that will keep you in his favor and blessing. You see, Joseph's character had been developed for over 13 years and then he faced the ultimate test. In Genesis 50, as his story is winding down in verse 19, it says, but his brothers finally come to him. They're in famine, they come to him, they finally realize that Joseph is in charge, that he has the power to literally obliterate them, to take them off the face of this earth. And it says this, Joseph replied to them, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of men people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your kids. So he assured them by speaking kindly to them. You see, what you do when you have the chance to get even, when you have the right to get even, when you have the ability to do it and you don't do it, I think to me determines how you will see your future, how quick you'll see your dream come past that, that his character had to develop. I would, I would think that if it was like, you know, he, he just got thrown into prison and then he got the power and his brothers were there. I don't know what Joseph would have done. I know if it was me, I'd have been like, ha, yeah, I remember. That was just a couple of years ago. I remember what you did to me. You guys are done. Get in prison. I'm about to lock you up and all your kids. I'm getting back what you did to me. That was not right. That was not fair. I, would, I don't know what he would have done, but I think it took 13 years of development, character development, of seeing God move to where he was able to say, you know what? I forgive you. Let's move forward together. I'm gonna take care of you. You see, God used all things together for his good 
and he continues to do that. You see, your response to offense will often determine your future. And his character had been developed enough that he was able to do the right thing and not to get him his rest. So don't, don't rush out of the pit. Don't rush out of Don't say, God, get me through this. Say, God, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to develop in me? Because then I'll be ready for the purpose you have. And I think Joseph would also say this, that, that it was so important to his journey that he stayed close to God and he surrendered to the Holy Spirit. And today I think he would say to you, knowing that Jesus has come and what Jesus has done for you, he would say, stay close to Jesus and stay surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Stay surrendered to the Holy Spirit. In Genesis 41, 38, the Pharaoh's trying to figure out who could take this job in his kingdom, who could be my right-hand man. It says they discussed, and then Pharaoh said, who could do it better than Joseph? Because he's so talented, because he's so gifted, because he's so handsome, because he interprets dreams so well, because he's such a great leader. Those were all the characteristics that we see throughout his story. And it says this, no, who can do it better than Joseph? Why? Because he is a man who is obviously filled with the spirit of God. That his relationship with God was directly tied to the favor that he was given. That it wasn't his talent, it wasn't his giftings, it wasn't his ability. It said, here is a man who is filled with the spirit of God. Who could do it better than him? That's why he was promoted. And Joseph would tell you, man, my dream came to pass because I stayed close to God. I didn't allow anything to derail me. Man, when temptation was there, because God was with me, I withstood it. I was able to get through it. Nothing sidetracked me. I stayed focused on my dream, and it was because God was with me, and I stayed surrendered to the Holy Spirit. I kept a big picture mindset, and God fulfilled his purpose in me, and he'll do it for you too if you'll stay close to him. And you'll stay surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Listen, we need the Holy Spirit in every aspect of our life. Jesus said in John 14, it says that, that if you love me, you obey me. And I will ask the Father. This is when Jesus will list his disciples. He's about to leave. And he says this, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. He leads you into the plan that God has for your life and to the purpose that God has. It's the Holy Spirit who is your guide, who, who walks with you, who, who encourages you, who strengthens you, who gives you what you need to fulfill the plan that God has for you. It says, listen, the world can't receive them because they're not looking, but you're looking for them. You recognize them. You know him. He lives in you. So lean on the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is available to us, and I'm telling you, Joseph would say, if you want to be successful, which we all do, if you want to accomplish the plan that God has for your life, then have a spirit-led, authentic relationship with God, where you are in relationship with him, and you go, I don't really know how to have a relationship with God. I'm new in my faith, or I don't really understand that. I believe, but I've never really developed a relationship. We have a free book. Grab it today on your way out called Fresh Start. It walks you through what it means to really follow God and have a relationship. But it's simple. You get a Bible, you start reading, get a reading plan, get a devotional, start connecting in God's word. He speaks to you through his word. Your relationship develops. You pray. You go, I don't really know how to pray to God. You have a conversation with him. Talk and then listen. God, do you want to speak? Again, look for him in subtle ways in your life. Get in a life group. Get around other people who will speak to you and encourage you and challenge you. Get on a team and start serving together. Get hand in hand into trenches with people. Man, you learn a lot about God. You learn a lot about your relationship with him when you're serving with others, doing life with people. Joseph's success came from the spirit of God. And if you want to see your dream come to pass, it'll be the same for you. Get to know God. Stay surrendered to the Holy Spirit. When he speaks, listen. Do what he tells you to do. 
I know it sounds basic, but I think it's really that simple today. And as the band comes and we close out, I think the last thing Joseph would say, you know, whenever you're interviewing someone, they go, any final thoughts that you would have for the audience today? And I think he would say this, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, no matter what time it, how much time is left on the clock, no matter how much you think you've messed it up and that God can't do it, he would say this, never, ever give up on your dream. If God spoke it to you, never give up on your dream. No matter what comes against you, no matter what adversity you face, just never give up. That's what I did. How did you get to the Hall of Fame? I never gave up. There was times where I wanted to. There was times where I threw in the towel and we can look back and I've already told you what to do. Get a big picture mindset. Be patient. Trust God. Keep integrity. Be, 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 build your life on character. Do the right things. He would say all these things and then I think he would just say, just don't ever give up. You see, when adversity comes, you have, the, you, you have an option. You can give up or you can go on. And Joe said, I, I didn't give up. I wanted to, but I never did. I just kept moving forward. Whenever I'd get knocked down, I'd get back up. In Philippians 1.6, the apostle Paul, man whose dreams were bombarded, he was attacked, he was beaten, he was thrown in jail multiple times. I mean, his life is, is crazy. We'll get into him at some point in this Hall of Fame series. But Paul said this, this conviction that he had. He said, I am certain. Think about the dream God gave Paul. He was planting churches. He was a missionary. He's doing all this amazing work. He said, I'm certain that God, I'm certain. There's no question. I'm certain. I have a conviction that God who began the good work within you will, not maybe, not might, he will continue his work until it's finally finished, until it's complete, until the dream comes true. He will do it. On that day when Christ Jesus returns. Listen, life is like Cedar Point. (laughs) It's expensive, right? Bad food sometimes, long lines. And life is like this. It's a roller coaster. There's highs and then there's lows. And I think Joseph would say, listen, be faithful to God in the high times. When you're on top, be faithful in the low times. Stay close to Jesus up here. Don't get too ahead of yourself. Stay close to him down here. Realize it's going to be like this. We'd love for life to just be like this, wouldn't we? But it's not. It's this, it's this, it's this, it's this, right? That's just the way it is. And he says, you've got to get the mindset. You've got to embrace it. What are you going to do when you hit the low points? You're going to give up or are you going to go on? When you hit the low points, don't give up. Man, I had many lows, but I didn't give up. And eventually we came back out. God was with me. He was faithful, and he'll do the same for you. Listen, today, I don't care who you are. I don't care how you started. I don't care what your past is. God doesn't care either. It doesn't matter how you start. All that matters is how you finish. That's all that matters. So today, you may be older in your years. You may be younger in your years. Whatever dream God gave you, whatever he's speaking to you, it doesn't matter how you started. It doesn't matter how many times you got knocked down. It doesn't matter how many times you got sidetracked and got messed up. Listen, you stay faithful. You get back on track. Get back on the ride. Stay faithful. Run the race that God's given you. It doesn't matter how you start. It only matters how you finish. Regardless of your yesterday, God can still do something with your tomorrow. He can do it if you trust him and you stay faithful. And you don't ever have to give up because God is with you. And as we sang earlier, if he is for us, who can be against us? If he is with us, what will stop us? You guys know my love for Rocky Balboa. He's an amazing man, full of character and integrity. Yes, I know he's a fictional character. I I, I get it. But I love Rocky. I love those movies. They motivate me. And one of my favorite parts... And Rocky is that 
Rocky had a dream. He wanted to be the champion. He wanted to, he was a nobody and didn't have all the talent, but he had grit. He had determination. He had this mindset of, I'm going to do what I feel like I'm supposed to do no matter what comes against me. And, but it wasn't Rocky alone. Rocky had a good trainer named Mickey. And I remember that one of my favorite scenes is he says, Rocky, listen, this guy's going to knock you down. He's going to beat you up. But here's what matters. When you get knocked down, get back up. Listen, you're going to get knocked down, Rocky. But when you get knocked down, don't stay down. Just get back up. You keep fighting. You keep in the game. And then he says, and this is why you get up. He says, listen, when you get knocked down, he says, you get back up. He goes, because Mickey loves you. Right? He didn't say you get back up because you're strong. He said, you get up not in your strength, Rocky. You get up because you know who's in your corner cheering you on. You get up because you know I love you. And no matter what happens, I'm going to be with you. I'm your corner man. I'm in this with you. When you get knocked down, we get knocked down. And when you get back up, we get back up. And so you don't get up in your strength. You get up in my strength. You get up because I love you. And listen, some of you today, you've been knocked down. And you feel like the the, the referee's about to time you out. And he's about to get to 10. And today, God's saying, listen, never give up on your dream. You get back up, not because you're perfect, not because you didn't make a mistake. You get back up because I love you. And I'm with you. And you're my kid. And those are my dreams for your life life, not your own. And I will complete the work I started as long as you don't give up. And that corner man, Jesus is never going to throw the towel in on you. He'll never throw it in on you. He'll never give up on you as long as you don't give up on yourself. I started the message and says, God has a purpose for your life. He has a dream for your life. And the only thing that can stop it is you. So today God would say, don't stop. What are you going to do? You're going to give up? Are you going to get up? You're going to give up? Are you going to go on? And you ain't doing it alone. I'm with you. And what I've called you to do, I'll see it through. It doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means you're determined. And I think that's what Joseph would say to you today. Man, I got in the Hall of Fame not because I always figured it out, but I just didn't give up. Today, don't give up on your marriage. I know you had a dream and it didn't work out. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on what God spoke to you. Don't give up on the ability he's given to you. Surrender it to him. Get close to him. Allow him to speak to you today. You can do it. You will do it. Why? Because God is with you. And he say, get up. I love you. I'm in this with you. And together, we will do it. Will you stand with me today? I intentionally picked this song for you to sing because I feel like it's what God was speaking to you, that you're not getting up in your own strength. You're getting up in his. And that it's not about trying harder today. It's about resting in him. It's about resting in his strength. It's about relying on him in the bottom experiences. It's about realizing that if you're in the pit, he's with you. If you're in prison, he's with you. That there's purpose, that he's working, that he's behind the scenes of your life, conducting everything and and working all this together. And so don't try harder, rest more in him. He's your strength. He's the one that will get you through it. The Holy Spirit is with you and he will lead you into all truth. God, we love you. We're so thankful for your word that this story of Joseph isn't something made up. This actually happened. He lived this out and we look to his story and we see how you worked and it encourages us today. And so Lord, we get up today. We rely on you. We will not stay down. We will not quit because we know you are with us. And if you are with us, who can be against us? And so this moment, I invite your Holy Spirit to come right now. Speak to hearts. Breathe life into dead dreams. Breathe life into dead marriages 
changes, bring life into purpose where there seems there is none. And God, I pray today that you would do what only you can do and that dreams would be reignited so that we can live our lives to make a difference in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.